Welcome to the Rebranded Teacher Podcast. My name is Lauren Fulton. I'm a full-time teacher, author, and seller on Teachers Pay Teachers, and I help other teacher entrepreneurs grow their TPT businesses in a purposeful, sustainable way. So if you're looking for actionable, step-by-step ways to grow your business, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Of all the questions that gets asked inside of the Rebranded Teacher Facebook group, this one is probably the one that gets asked most often, and that is how do I protect my work and how do I protect the work of the clip and font artists that I use? In other words, how do I flatten and secure my document? What are some things that I need to be doing in order to protect my copyright? And should I even be putting a copyright on every page? And all of those things are what we're going to talk about today. So whether you are a beginner or whether you've been on TPT for quite some time, I'm going to give you some really helpful, practical tips that you can use to secure your work effectively. We're also going to talk about an advanced technique that you can use to search the web to try to find copyright infringement, to try to find your work that's been posted for free on websites when it shouldn't be. All right, so we're gonna start with some of the basics and that is flattening and securing your documents. Now, this is something that everybody should be doing. There really is no exception to this rule. You should be flattening and securing all of your work unless it's editable work. Now, if your work is editable, we're gonna talk about some workarounds for that here in just a second. But first, let's start with what it means to flatten and to secure. So when you flatten a document, usually if you're working in PowerPoint, let's say, which is where the vast majority of teacher authors create their work. Let's say you're working in PowerPoint. When you flatten your document, what it does is it takes all of your work, that's your clip art, your font, your text, everything, and it turns it into a picture. This makes it really hard to lift items off of the page. So I can't copy and paste your text anymore. I can't lift a font or clip art or anything like that. It flattens the work. So that's what flattening is. You can do this really simply in PowerPoint by simply exporting as JPEG or PNG images, depending on the type of product that you're making. Now let's talk about securing. So securing is different. Securing is password protecting your document. Okay, because what happens is a lot of people who have Adobe on their computer, which a lot of teachers do, when you have um, the paid version of Adobe, you can actually take a flattened document, which is where your PowerPoint has been turned into images or whatever you've created your resource in has been turned into images to secure your work. You can, in Adobe, you can take that work and you can turn it into an editable document. Adobe will scan it and it'll make it so that you can edit texts and you can even lift some clip art. So when we're password protecting it, what we're doing is we're saying, do not allow this to be edited. Okay, so if a teacher opens your document, not only do they get a flattened version of your document, but if they hit that edit button, Adobe will prompt them to type in a password before it will allow them to edit the document in any way, shape, or form. Now, this is not completely foolproof. There are still softwares online that people can use to turn a flattened and secured document into an editable one, but it makes it that much harder for someone who's going to try to lift your work or to edit your work. It's going to make it a little bit harder for them to do. So you should always, always flatten and secure your documents. So what do you need to do that? 
you need one of two things. First, you either need an Adobe subscription. Now, if you're a serious seller or you plan to be a serious seller, go ahead, bite the bullet, pay for the Adobe subscription. I'm telling you it's worth its weight in gold. But an alternative to that would be to use Flatpak by Bearwood Labs. Now, this is not an ad. Nobody is paying me to say this. I just really love and believe in this product. When you have Flatpak for Bearwood Labs, this is an add-on for your PowerPoint that will allow you to flatten and secure your documents all in one single step. So you tell Flatpak what you want your password to be for those PDFs in order for them to be edited. And every single time that you export and create a PDF using Flatpak, it flattens that document and it goes ahead and adds a password to it for protective purposes. I love this because it's all one step and it's a super simple solution and it solves a problem that we're about to mention. And that is something that I mentioned earlier and that is if you ha- what if you have an editable resource. So what happens if I want to secure a document, I want to flatten it, I want to have it password protected, but I want people to be able to edit it. Well, here's what you do. With Bearwood Labs, they have this function for a flat pack where you can select specific text boxes or items that you don't want to be flattened. And so they can be edited. This really helps if you're like me and you're a Mac user and your clickable links go away whenever you flatten a document. It also helps if you have something in particular that you want teachers to be able to edit within your document, but you still wanna secure all of the other elements. Highly recommend Flatpak. To me, it's the way to go. It's less than $100 and it's totally worth the investment because you can use it for the rest of your time on Teachers Pay Teachers. Now let's talk about the second way that everybody should be protecting their TPT work, and that is with a copyright. Anything that can be cut apart, separated, or used as an individual item, it gets a copyright on it in my store. Every single task card, every single suspect card for my mini mysteries, if it's going to get cut apart from the original page that has my copyright on it, it's going to have my copyright on it. I want my copyright on every single portion of my resource. Now, are there people who disagree with that? Probably so. Do teachers get annoyed by having a copyright on every single part of your resource? Some of them might, but you know what? Those teachers are probably just looking for something to get annoyed by. Here's the thing. If you have placed your copyright correctly, it's not going to be screaming at anybody. You want it to be visible, yes. You want it to be noticeable, yes. But you don't want it to be the center of attention. So if I have it on a document, it's at the very bottom of the page. It's usually not in black font. It's usually in a medium to dark gray. So it's going to show up when it's printed, but it's not going to be the focal point of the resource. So I have never personally had a complaint about my copyright being on a resource by any teacher. I think teachers really understand. They understand it's a part of Teachers Pay Teachers, and they don't really care. But you know what I care about? I care about making sure that if my resource gets out there onto the interwebs or if someone gets a hold of it, they are going to have to do a heck of a lot of work in order to eliminate my copyright from every single page to make it available for resale and to profit off of it themselves. So my copyright goes anywhere and everywhere I can place it that makes good sense. And I firmly believe that everybody should be doing the same thing. You need to protect your work. Let's talk about the third thing that everybody should be doing. And that is you should have a very, very clear terms of use page. 
I made the mistake early on of just copying and pasting some legal jargon onto my copyright page. I didn't take the time to outline what teachers can do and what teachers can't do with my resources and make the language very user-friendly and easy to understand. And so I do have some older documents that are floating around that don't have this super clear language on them. But I'm going to tell you, friend to friend, you want to make sure that you make this hyper clear for your teachers. You want to make sure you have a table that says, this is something you can do with my resource, and this is something you cannot do. And what those can and can'ts do are going to vary based upon how you feel. Do you want them to be able to use it on OutSchool? If you're okay with that, then put it in the can do. If you're not okay with that, put it in the can't do. Do you want them to be able to post to a team drive? Probably not. So you want to make sure that you put that on the list of things that you do not want them to do with your resource. So think very carefully and very clearly about what you would be okay with a teacher doing with your resource, where you're okay with them posting it, how you're okay with them sharing it, and outline it very, very clearly. And you want to do this in addition to the copy-paste legal jargon that goes underneath it. Now, most people are not going to read the copy-paste legal jargon, but you still want it there. You want to cover yourself legally, and you want to make sure that you have all of your bases covered. Now, if you want a free copy of my Terms of Use template, I would love to share it with you. You can find a link to that down in the description below. This page is created in Canva. And it has a spot where you can upload your logo. It has a place where you can give credit to your clip and font artists. It has a table that very clearly outlines things that you can and cannot do with your resource that is editable. And it also has that legal jargon that you want, as well as a place to link back to your store and a small space for an About Me blurb. This is absolutely free, and I would love to give it to you. So if you want that as a template to make sure you're covering all of your bases for your terms of use document, you can find that as a link in the show notes. So make sure and grab that. Now I'm gonna add a little something extra here. This is something that I do and I don't think that everybody has to do it, but for me, I think it's really important for me and for my brand and that is, I make sure that my terms of use page is before my product inside of my PDFs. And let me explain to you why. I want my buyers to have to physically scroll past my terms of use and to lay eyes on it before they get to the resource. I could put it down at the end of the product, but chances are they're not going to scroll that far. And if they do, they're just going to scroll right back up. But if it's the first thing or one of the very first things that they see when they open my product, they're more likely to use it, they're more likely to view it, and they're more likely to pay attention and abide by those terms of use. Now, that's just my thought process. I'm not saying that it's something that you have to do, but it is something that I do and I feel very strongly about. Let's talk about some advanced techniques though. These are the basics. Those three things that I mentioned, flattening and securing your documents, making sure that you have a very clear terms of use page and putting your copyright everywhere on your resource. Those are things that everybody should be doing. But let's talk about something that you can be doing if you've been on TPT for a while, especially if you're seeing some level of success, you wanna start thinking about how to find your resources whenever people violate those terms of use, because it's going to happen. People are going to violate your terms of use, whether intentionally or unintentionally, they're going to do it. So let's talk about how you can place a hidden watermark on your resources so that you can find your resources quickly and easily and get those takedown notices sent out. Now, I just said something. I said takedown notices. Let me go ahead and tell you what that is. 
A takedown notice is when you find your resource either for sale or for free somewhere where it's not supposed to be. So let's say someone has posted this on an open platform where anybody can access one of your paid resources and it's not supposed to be there, obviously. Or let's say somebody has just straight up stolen your resource and they've taken it and they've started to resell it themselves. You can send them what's called a takedown notice, which tells them basically, you take this down or I'm gonna send my lawyer after you, all right? So let's talk about a way that you can quickly and efficiently find those copyright violations. And that is to add a hidden watermark. Now I'm gonna add a link as to how exactly you can do this step-by-step in Adobe, which by the way, this is one of those reasons why I recommend you go ahead and invest in Adobe. But there's a step-by-step link to that down in the show notes below. All right, but let's talk about what this is. So a hidden watermark inside of Adobe, the paid version of Adobe, you can add a watermark and then hide that watermark behind the page so that nobody sees it. So a watermark is usually like those big, bold words that go across your resource. A lot of times people will put preview and it'll be in red and it'll be across the resource so that you can't see the whole thing so that people can't steal it or something like that for your preview. Well, you can do the same thing, but you can actually hide that watermark behind the document. So this allows you to put some sort of code back behind the document. And this code is searchable. And it's something that only you would know and only you would ever search for. So it could be something like a silly phrase, or it could actually be a series of numbers and letters or something that nobody else would have on the interwebs so that whenever you search it, only your resources should come up. Only your PDFs should come up in the search. So an example of this might be to put a very silly phrase like five fresh foxes jump over the frigid waters, okay? Something like that that nobody is ever going to type in. And so when you go to Google or you go to a search engine and you type in that phrase, anywhere that your PDF is located online should pop up. And you can find exactly where they are so that you can send those takedown notices so that your resources are not up for people to just grab offline. Now, if any of this sounds overwhelming to you, I want you to just take a breath, pause, stop, and hear me say this. You don't have to do this right away. This is not something that you have to implement today. This isn't something that you have to start off doing. This is just something that you want to think about for the future. So if you're at a place where you can go ahead and start adding those watermarks to the documents and to the resources that you're creating now, you're going to thank yourself for it later on. But if it's overwhelming to you to start thinking about doing that right now, don't do it right now. Wait till you get to a place where your TPT store is where you want it to be. And then you can take some time to either go back and add those watermarks in the future Or it can be something later on that you have a VA do for you, or you can start adding them now and go back later and add them to prior resources. You don't need to overhaul all of the resources that you have. In fact, the vast majority of my documents do not have this hidden watermark on them because I didn't learn about it until way later on in my TPT journey. But if you can do it now, I strongly recommend you go ahead and do it because it makes those resources so much easier to find and it makes it easier to find when somebody is violating your terms of use. This is the part of the show where I answer real questions from real TPTers who are just like you and growing their teacher's pay teacher's business. And today's question is from Ann Met, who 
wants to know whether or not she should prioritize creating a website over an email list. She says, what would be your best advice if you feel overwhelmed and it seems like maintaining a website, writing blog posts and such right now is too complicated and time consuming? Is an email list with an opt-in the next best thing? So here's my answer, and I'm going to make this pretty short and sweet. An email list with an opt-in is not the next best thing. It is the best thing. More important than having your own website, more important than having social media marketing, more important than Facebook ads or anything else is having your own email list. Because with your own email list, it doesn't matter if you're selling on your website, it doesn't matter if you're selling on TPT, or it doesn't matter if you're selling on another platform, you own your customer. So you want to make sure that you have an email list. Even if you have no intention of sending out a weekly email newsletter or anything like that, go ahead and start growing your email list. While yes, it would be best to go ahead and set up your email list now and send messages out to them regularly, if you're not in a place where you're ready to send out regular communications to your email list, that's okay. You can go ahead and start growing them. Go ahead and create that freebie. Go ahead and create the opt-in. Go ahead and set out Pinterest links that lead to that freebie and start collecting email addresses today. Promise you, you are going to thank yourself tomorrow for it. A lot of people think about email as kind of the marketing scheme of the past. Like who opens their emails now? Who does that? Like I promise you, email marketing is where it's at. When I tell you that a large percentage of my traffic comes directly from my email list to my TPT store and converts and makes me money every month, I'm not exaggerating. Your email list is probably the most important thing that you can grow for yourself and for your business because as I said before, it doesn't matter where you go, you can take that audience with you. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and share it with a friend, share about it on social media, tell someone about it. You can join our free Rebranded Teacher Facebook group. We're over 1,500 strong. You can find the link to that down in the show notes. Again, you can find the link to everything I talked about today inside the show notes. You'll find the link to that terms of use template and you'll also find a link on the step-by-step directions for how to add that hidden watermark to one of your PDF resources inside of Adobe. All right, guys, I will see you next week. If you want to learn more and grow more with me, then you can find me inside of Rebranded Teacher Academy. Rebranded Teacher Academy is a low-cost monthly membership that gives you access to my entire course and content catalog from courses for brand new TPT sellers like Selling 101 to more advanced sellers inside of Strategic Growth, Ditch the Overwhelm, a quick start library where you can pick any topic that you would like to learn more about, watch a short video, and then immediately implement what you learned with a corresponding workbook. But what RTA members tend to love most are the monthly challenge and strategy sessions where every single month I give you step-by-step strategies that you can implement inside of your business in the form of a fun monthly challenge that helps you move your business forward every single month. If you want to learn more about Rebranded Teacher Academy and how you can become a member, you can find more about that down inside of the description. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you would share about it on social media and help other TPT sellers find it too. I'll see you right here next week.